can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hannah, someone put a curse on me. Remember how I was saying that I hadn't gotten sick while we were away? I wasn't sick the whole time that I was on long service leave. Yes. Guess who had a cold this week? Me. I know. I can hear it. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm going to hunt down that person that's put this curse on me because I know it was one of you listeners. I don't know why you've done it, but I'm not happy about it. But I had the flu. A cold's manageable compared to the flu. Or COVID. You still never had COVID. Let's not play with the devil, okay? I'm not talking about it ever again. I do want to jinx you a little bit because I feel no. like I feel like you've had it and you didn't know. You're one of those unicorns that gets it and doesn't know. Maybe, but I wouldn't have been sick at all. I guess you work from home. Yeah. You stay home a lot in your robe. Yeah. Yeah, but I get exposed to other people. Yeah, you do. But I think working from home does cut out a lot of human contact. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Only going into the office one day a week and like spraying everything down when I go in. Yeah, that Aww. probably does help. In a way, I miss working next to you. We used to have desks next to each other and you used to come into in the morning and my stuff would creep over to your desk. My desk was a mess. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> And yes. remember my stuff would creep onto your desk and your <laughs> desk was empty, absolutely yeah. empty. And she'd spray it down. Even before COVID, she'd spray it down. Yeah. And I would always sanitize my hands. This is pre-COVID. Like I've always been a germaphobe and we are going to talk about that in today's cringy actually. But you want to tell me something about mouth breathing. Oh, so my boyfriend the other night said, oh, you're so cute when you sleep. And I was like, Really? He's like, you make these funny noises. And he goes, <sighs> and he was imitating like I was mouth breathing. And I was like, are you saying that I mouth breathe? And he was like, I guess you do. Because apparently I go, oh, <sighs> like I breathe through my nose and then I breathe out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay. He says, I don't do it all night, but he's dead. Oh, you're so cute. And it's because I am mouth breathing. But I don't know how often I do it, but apparently I do mouth. Do you mouth breathe? I mouth breathe because I dribble. Oh, yeah. So like my mouth just falls open while I sleep. My boyfriend dribbles on his pillow as well. I always see if he gets up to go to the bathroom, there's like a wet patch on the pillow. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. We were actually talking about mouth breathing the other night. Adrian was going to tape his mouth. Oh, is he a mouth breather? I think sometimes he is. He's not all the time. Mm -hmm. He's a very quiet sleeper usually, but he has been snoring a little bit lately. So he's going to try mouth breathing and I can report back. Do you you record your boyfriend when he's – because I'm always up a bit later. Yes, when he snores, absolutely. And I always record it. And the other thing that he also does is the other night we were – I think it must have been a Friday night, like a weekend night and he's lying on the couch and his eyes were open and then literally one second passed so I looked at him and his eyes were open he was watching the tv one second and I hear 
Like he literally went into REM sleep, I reckon, within a second. And then they go, no, I wasn't <laughs> asleep. And it's like, you were literally snoring. He went into full deep sleep, I think, within a second. The TV was on and it was like really, really deep <laughs> sleep. And then I start recording him and I zoom in right on his face because his mouth's open. And then they do the little like... <gasps> Because you're like, I start laughing yeah. and then he goes, and he goes, sorry. <laughs> he actually tries to tell me that he wasn't asleep. He's like, I wasn't asleep. I, I was yeah. watching. They all do that. Yeah. They all say I wasn't asleep, but you were asleep because you snored and I heard it. Full snoring, eyes closed, mouth open. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's on today's episode, Hannah? So on today's episode, we are discussing how often you should wash your sheets. Then we're chatting about lymphatic drainage and of course the products we didn't know we needed. How often do you wash your sheets, Hannah? I'm going to, no, don't tell me. I'm going to say you're a two to three week. I don't know. Oh, God. Like, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> I do it when I remember. Like, I do it when the time feels right. So, like, okay. I don't know. I just, I might have to put like an alarm in my calendar or I have to put something in my calendar to remind me to do it. I mean, I don't know, but probably. I want to say two weeks, but it's probably more like three weeks. I just don't know. I have no idea. What about you? Every week. Every single week. Every week. Every single Sunday. Even if I have things on, I will get up earlier to put the sheets on so that I can then put them in the dryer. When I was single, I would wash them every fortnight. Yes. But that was because I was only sleeping in the bed by myself. I'm not a sweaty sleeper. Yep. I would probably wash my pillowcase every week when I was doing it fortnightly. But now sharing a bed with someone else and a, a man at that that has body hair that sheds all over the house <laughs> has to be every single week. I can't go more than a week because I just feel like it's unclean. There's smells hanging around. Like I'm just so conscious of being in a fresh bed and there's nothing better on a Sunday night for me than washing my hair, getting fresh jammies on and getting in a fresh bed. Well, on that note, how often do you wash your pajamas? How many times do you change the pajamas per week? Uh, probably twice a week. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. I've got two pairs of Uniqlo pajamas. Yeah. I know and I wash them every week and then I have to wear something else on a Sunday. But with the sheet washing, I guess this is my – the reason that I probably do it less than you is I wear full long sleeves. I do as well. I wear full pajamas oh, okay. to bed. And then my boyfriend, he showers at night and in the morning. Same here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I feel like – well, I don't know. Most guys I think just wear like their undies to bed. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Adrian's usually naked, but – Oh, okay. Yeah. My boyfriend always wears – short, like little undies, not undies. What are they called? Boxes. Yeah. Briefs. So I think he's clean because he's already showered before bed. So I guess that's probably the reason that I, although he had quite dry skin after Bali. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how much dead skin. We shed off a lot of dead skin while we sleep Mm. and that encourages dust mites. I actually asked three groups of people. So I asked my content team, I asked my group chat of my friends and I asked Matt and Eddie. Okay. Matt said every two to three weeks he does his. Yep. I was shocked at my friend group. They were all, one of them said two, three, I don't know, kind of depends. And I'm like, you have a dog on your bed. Like, what do you mean? Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't. Yeah, dog. The rest of them were fortnightly. (laughs) None of them were weekly. 
I was like, what is happening? And then in our content team, a majority of them were also fortnightly, if not every three weeks. Mm, Well, this article from the New York Times is saying definitively it had like so many different people that had said weekly, you have to do it weekly. I think the issue is it's such a process because you wash them and you have to dry them. Yes. See, that's why I have a dryer because if you live in Melbourne, let's be honest, over winter, your sheets are not going to be drying outside. I only have one pair of sheets because I have expensive soft sheets and I just put them in the wash, I dry them and I put them back on. I don't even have a backup. Yeah, I do the same. I have a backup, but the sheets that I have, I like. So I yeah. do just use those. The other ones I don't like as much. So it says here, you spend like a third of your life in bed and your sheets collect skin flakes mm-hmm. and an assortment of bodily fluids and oils. Mm-hmm. Then there's also, as you said, dust and dust mites. And if you have a cat or dog pet hair, yeah, it's been a while since I've slept. Like my dog, when I was young in the family home, would sleep on my bed. But I don't obviously don't do that anymore. Do you guys have the dog? That shocks me because I hate pets. <laughs> oh my god! So my okay. Just side note: my boyfriend said the other day we we're walking, and he's like, I think we're at the Albert Park Lake, and he's like, Oh, I really want a dog. And I was like, No. Oh, had you not told him that you don't like animals? <laughs> I just said like dogs come up to me in both offices that I'm working in at the moment. There's a dog, so the dog will come over to me, and I'll just go. I don't want the people in the office to think I'm an asshole. <laughs> So I go, I just go, I just pat it and I go, oh, hi. And then I try to like get it away from me. Yeah. Like I really, and actually I think that the dogs can sense my distaste for them coming up to me and they do. They harass you more. What about when they lick you? I cannot. I I have a dog, right? I live with a dog, but I'm a cat person. Mm, You are. I really appreciate how clean cats are. And I'm happy to let them in my bedroom and on my bed, but I cannot think of anything worse than having a dog on my Mm. bed. I cannot. There is under no circumstances would I ever want to do that. Our dog is not even allowed in our bedroom because I just don't want any dog hair. The thing that freaks me out the most that I think people do not think about when pets go on their bed, especially dogs, is that you walk them outside and their feet go on the ground in poo particles, in wee particles, in E. coli, in salmonella, and then they're getting onto your bed Mm. and then you're sleeping in those germs. It's like putting your walking shoes on top of your bed. I can't get around it. I know everyone does it, but think of the poo particles, everyone. (laughs) I have another question for you. Yeah. And I think I already know the answer. Do you eat in bed? No. Okay. I don't. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the work, can I tell you the worst is if you, I probably do it less. So the reason I do it less so now, I used to eat like late at night before bed. Like I'd get hungry before bed because I did stay up so late. And now I think, so what's happened is I'll, you know, get a little snack for the night time yeah. and my boyfriend will be asleep next to me. This is what happens when you get into a relationship. You have like way less freedom to just do what you want. <laughs> I think I had an icy pole in bed. He wakes up and he's like being so loud. And so then I have to actually leave the bed. You are a loud eater. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> or like I'll have like a little easy Mac in bed and yeah, that. Mm. and then obviously nachos is so crisp like you can't crunch in bed. He's probably getting woken up by the smell of these things as well. 
So the bed that I did used to eat in bed, now I don't. But the one thing that I'll say about eating in bed, like if you eat like a pizza or something in bed, inevitably you end up with like oil stains on the sheets as well. and crumbs. And crumbs. And then the other thing that I used to do was drink a coffee and the amount of times that I've spilt my coffee on myself or on the sheets. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, look, that's actually – Nick's probably more like you, like big no-no eating in bed. Yeah. He said he'd never in his life eaten in a bed before he met me. But we've had like – I think once we were like really tired and we had like a pizza in bed. So, he's done it. He would have hated every second of that. <laughs> no. He said he loved it. He was like, this, oh. like, this is a new experience. And he was like – how nice is it just to watch TV on the iPad and eat a pizza? We'd gone on a long hike and we were exhausted. So Yeah. See, I'd rather sit on the couch. I just, because I can't get comfortable knowing that I've got like food on my hands. I'm just a different breed. I know everyone's way more relaxed and they're, they're happy to change their sheets every two weeks and have their dogs on the bed and eat, but I just, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I wonder some, I don't know if people eat in bed. I don't really do it as much anymore, but it was part of my routine was to eat in bed. Maybe we need to do a vote of who's a Joe and who's a Hannah. Yeah. With sheets and bed habits. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where our listeners lie. I think we'll have more Hannahs than Joes, I yeah. reckon. Yeah. Maybe. Because I was shocked my friends said every two weeks. I thought they would be weekly, but apparently not. You have reminded me I'm going to wash the sheets this Sunday. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to try and do it every two weeks. Well, it's going to be a beautiful, sunny weekend, I think. So it's a good time to do it. Today, we're talking about lymphatic drainage because I recently had a Brazilian lymphatic massage at Shape House in Paran. Georgie did my massage and she's here today to talk about lymphatic drainage and what it can do. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Very excited to be here. I feel like I need to come back in and get another one of those massages because it genuinely was amazing. Like I cannot recommend this enough. If you feel like stress really gets to you, I had this at the start of my long service leave and it was the best. I highly recommend everyone to go and get this kind of massage. But can we start with what role the lymphatic system plays in our bodies? Yeah, of course. So I guess we can probably start with what the lymphatic system is first and then we can get into the role. So put really simply, it's one of the body's main systems and it's often referred to as the second circulatory system and it consists of lymph nodes, lymph vessels, lymph capillaries and lymph organs like the spleen. And basically they work together to clear out lymph, which is a clear fluid containing white blood cells and T cells throughout the body. So it has a huge weight on its shoulders, basically. And unfortunately, it can be often ignored and it can do with a little extra love every now and again, for sure. So I guess the main role is that it's responsible for three key things, I think. So maintaining fluid balance within the body, removing waste products and also fighting infection. So it's basically an extension of our immune system. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why we feel the lymph nodes pop up when we're sick. So I actually have no idea. I've heard this term thrown around, lymphatic drainage. What is it and what are the known benefits? I know it's kind of a buzz word or thing happening at the moment. And to be honest, I'm not mad about it. Obviously, I'm in the business of lymphatic drainage. (laughs) But really simply put, lymphatic massage is a type of massage to stimulate the lymphatic system to eliminate toxins and waste from the body. Essentially, that's it really simply put. So I guess 
as the lymphatic system doesn't have a natural pump, so unlike, you know, the heart for our circulatory system, Mm -hmm. it does benefit from a little bit of love and a little bit of self-care every now and again, which is where massage can come in. I guess a good analogy would be think of your lymph nodes. So we have lymph nodes all throughout our body. We've got seven key ones behind the ankle there, behind the knee, along the groin, at the bottom of our stomach, under our arms, the creases of our elbows, and also here just around the collarbone. So they're our key drainage points. So if you think of them like a clogged shower drain, I guess. So you've been washing your hair and you've brushing your hair in the shower and you're getting all of this clogged hair. Over time, that builds up. And basically, lymphatic massage comes in and it mimics kind of the plunger and the broom, I guess, to clear that drain and push down that excess kind of hair and dirty shower water back to the way that it should be flowing through the body. So how should we feel after a lymphatic drainage massage is it meant to make you feel like relief yeah it's interesting generally you do feel good however as every body is different and there might be different levels of detoxification that people are going through it depends how clogged your system is it depends if you do other things that contribute to a healthy lifestyle it really does depend i'll be honest some people can come in and they feel really crap afterwards And some people come in and they fall asleep and they feel like they've had 15 hours solid sleep. Other people come in and they cry the whole time because our lymphatic system and our emotions are very intertwined and Mm. closely correlated. And so they kind of have a different experience. So it really depends on the individual and what's going on. I felt quite good afterwards. I didn't get that crappy feeling. I felt like it was really relaxing. So what does the actual treatment involve? Because something that you did in the treatment was massage my stomach and I've never really Mm. had that done before. I've had that. Have you? In Thailand? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They always ask about, and Bali about, and I I always say no. (laughs) You don't want it done. No. It does feel a bit weird. Like if you aren't used to having, because all your organs are in there. So it's not like having a back massage. Yeah. So Georgie, can you take us through what the treatment looks like? And you obviously pair it with other therapies as well, because I had an infrared sauna afterwards. Like, why do we do that? So at Shape House, we have our own type of method, the pump method, which combines different techniques and modalities, really with an emphasis on draining, toning and detoxifying the body. So our massage, it's a firm yet gentle rhythmic pressure of patterns and sequences, basically with the end goal to stimulate the lymph nodes, pump the system, drain the fluid in preparation for elimination. So as you just mentioned, we have a sauna that we add on to each of our experiences. We have three different lymphatic massage experiences, each with a different purpose and intention. And the sauna, which is our magnesium thermal wrap in the infrared sauna, is really a critical step when thinking about kickstarting the excretion process. So that's what you would have experienced. So I think a lot of people have a really valid question when they ask, you know, it's all good and well, I'm coming in and I'm getting the massage and you're doing your thing and moving the fluid to where it needs to go. But how do I actually get 
this, you know, what you're telling me is like toxic waste out of my body. And really that is through the excretion process. So there's only a few ways that you can do that. And one of them is via sweating. So the sauna is awesome. And by adding the thermal wrap, it really just kind of elevates that detoxification process. Some other ways is obviously urine and also saliva and spitting, which, you know, I don't encourage you to just walk around the street spitting, but something like (laughs) tongue scraping can be really beneficial because essentially that's a way of removing that waste and toxic bacteria out of the body. In terms of at home, is there anything that we, like any lymphatic drainage techniques that we can incorporate into our home routines? There are, there really are. And I think that there's different tools and modalities that you can buy. I will kind of preface in my opinion and our opinion at Shape House, the importance of hand and, and physical touch and massage when it comes to things like lymphatic massage. Obviously that is just soothing in itself, just having a physical one-on-one kind of experience like that. But you can incorporate things like dry brushing and gua sha for the body and the face. And I guess I would only preface that with encouraging people to activate and open those lymph nodes, as we spoke about earlier, in preparation for using tools like that. So the way you've got to think about it is, you know, you're clearing out those drains and you're moving that kind of fluid through the brush or the gua sha to that area. So it's almost doesn't finish the whole process if you're not activating the lymph nodes first. There's other things like tums creeping that I've mentioned. There's rebounding and vibration boards. So the lymphs system loves vibrations so anything that can mimic the sense of vibrations and we do a lot of that in our massage which is quite unique to us i think there's also some really just simple free tools and things that you can incorporate pretty much straight away so i'm just conscious that there's a lot of people out there telling you to buy this and buy that and it's quite an investment but there's definitely some things that are free that you can start incorporating like drinking enough water throughout the day practicing correct belly breathing so belly breathing actually mimics a bit of a natural pump for the lymphatic system so it's something that you can do just every day all day and it will actually stimulate your lymphatic system naturally exercise particularly walking walking is fantastic for the lymph system, removing all tight clothes, socks, undies, jewellery as often as you can. So just feel free to be comfortable in your own space or, or at work if you're game. That's just about making sure you're not clogging the flow of the lymphatic system. You can also, you know, elevate your legs as often as you can. Again, massaging, opening those lymph nodes. You can combine that with at-home massage sequences if you know them or we can get into them another day or another time. Prioritizing sleep and also just checking in with yourself as often as you can. I think that is a little woo-woo when people say that, but it is really important just with the correlation between your lymphatic system and your emotions. And you can habit stack quite a few of these things just to be efficient with your timing. And who do you think would benefit most from this kind of massage? Can everyone have it done? Yeah, absolutely. I think the great thing about lymphatic massage is that it does have so many good benefits for so many different types of people. If you are experiencing, you know, things like swelling, cold hands and feet, bloating, excess water, you know, holding onto fluid within the body, digestive issues, a weakened immune system, they're all key common signs or symptoms that you may benefit from a lymphatic drainage massage. Obviously with the caveat that, you know, if you are experiencing ongoing health issues that your first point of contact should also be a medical professional. But yeah, definitely it's like a unicorn 
treatment, I guess, in a way. It almost seems too good to be true, but it has so many great benefits for majority of the population. Well, if you want to enjoy a massage from Georgie, I can highly recommend from my own experience. You can find Shape House in Paran or you can find them on Instagram at Shape House Co. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, Joe, you weren't here, so I just have to get you updated with this little story. So the listeners will know that while Joe was away, I was having a problem with my shower cap. It was so tight that it was leaving this very deep line around my hairline. And I I went into work Mm -hmm. and my manager was like, what's happened to your face? And I was like, oh, it's my shower cap. She's like, are you joking? Like it looked like it was like really damaging my head. Oh. And the line wouldn't go away for hours. So I was hunting for a looser shower cap that was a bit more like luxe. And I had seen online that we had this new Shasilk shower cap. So I bought it. That's not new. That's old. Oh, okay. I thought I saw it in the new section. Did I not? I mean, maybe it was a mistake or maybe they made a different one, but they've always had one. With the silk on the inside? Okay, maybe I got that wrong. So the first thing I'll say is it's I'm probably just used to having a super tight shower cap. (laughs) So it's not super tight. It's looser, which I think is good because then I don't get that line around the head, which is great. The price, it's $65, but it is silk lined. And someone had actually said their five-star review was, oh, you're right, this was from three years ago. It is not new. Scrap that. (laughs) This person wrote, loved it. I was a little apprehensive about the price of the shower cap, but it's fantastic a year on and it still looks fabulous and keeps my hair super dry. So I think the good thing about it is because it's silk lined, it'll help with keeping your hair looking smooth and like reducing the amount Mm. of frizz that you get. Yeah, it'll hold your style as well. So if you've curled your hair and you've still got some like curl left in it or you've had a blow dry and you need to have a shower, you can pop that on and it will stop the steam from fully like penetrating your hair and getting rid of your style. And the way that they've designed it is only the silk kind of touches your skin and it's roomy so you can tie your hair up. Like, you know, sometimes shower caps won't. Mm. If you've got it in like a bun, it won't hold it. And then obviously it's got a water-resistant outer sort of shell. But I think people might be a little bit apprehensive about the price, but to be honest with you, the reason I bought it, I'm going to get a discount, but the reason I did buy it was because you use a shower cap so often that if it's uncomfortable, it's like a pillowcase, like you use it so often that I think it's worth investing in something Mm. that's going to help your hair. Agree. Yeah. I never use a shower cap. I feel like I should start. What do you do? Nothing. I just don't get my head under the water. Oh, interesting. Well, I have frizzy hair, so I can't, I don't enjoy that luxury, Joe. Yeah, true. The steam. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have frizzy hair, so I can't relate. What's yours today? Mine is the new Laneige Cream Skin Cerapeptide Toner and Moisturizer. This is a reformulated version of their original cream skin, which you might have tried before, Hannah. It's like a really watery texture. Mm hmm. It's got white tea leaf water in it, which is rich in antioxidants and amino acids. So that's like anti-inflammatory, helps to soothe the skin. And then it's also got a combination of ceramides and peptides. So we know what both of those things do, but it's really hydrating. It can act as a moisturizer for a very oily skin. I personally don't feel it's hydrating enough just to be a moisturizer for me. Mm -hmm. So I use it as a toner and then I'll put serums on top of it and then moisturizer. And then in the morning... Again, toner, vitamin C, and moisturizer and SPF. So it's a really watery texture. You 
pour it out into your hand and then you'll rub your palms together and then like press it into your face. That's kind of the easiest way to apply. You could probably apply it with a cotton round as well if you wanted to, but I find it just easier to put straight into my hands. The large size is $50, but there is a mini as well. So Laneige isn't ridiculously expensive. I'd say it's definitely more on that affordable end of the spectrum usually. So yeah, that's mine today. Very nice. Now, Joe, we've had lots of questions in the Facebook group about how to stop pilling. Mm, This is a very loaded question Mm. because we could go down several different paths, I feel, with this one. Pilling can happen for a variety of reasons and it could be with your skincare, it could be with your makeup. So I would need to understand a little bit more about why this is happening, what products that person is using. But some things that can cause pilling is two formulas not really gelling well together. Mm -hmm. So like an oil-based product and a water-based product may not mix too well together. Some sunscreens can be a little bit prone to peeling, especially if they're being applied on top of several other products. Applying too many products at once Mm -hmm. as well can cause peeling because there's just too much product on the skin. So of course, with that rubbing action, you're going to cause them to ball up and come off the skin. Patting in your products could be a way to avoid peeling or using a makeup brush or a sponge instead of your fingers to rub your foundation in. Making sure your skin is really well exfoliated as well, not over exfoliated, but well exfoliated because that helps your products to penetrate your skin better. So if you're finding you're peeling a lot with a hyaluronic acid, it might be because your skin's not absorbing that product effectively. So just make sure that you are exfoliating in your routine. And they're probably the top things I can think of. Anything that you've tried that's stopped peeling for you? Mm, I mean, there just are certain products that you especially, like I've probably just done too many products at once and then it starts to peel. That's usually my problem. The only other thing that I did notice that if you do like a physical exfoliator or something like that, and then you don't kind of get the skin off, do you know what I mean? If you're not exfoliating properly and getting all that dead skin off, Mm -hmm. then I find that pills, like that's been probably a pilling moment for me. That's dead skin pilling. I would be interested to hear whether people that have drier skin that they aren't exfoliating that regularly, if you're the main group that are experiencing pilling. But again, it can be the formula as well. That's just doesn't play very well with other products being piled on underneath it. And it's kind of better on a blank canvas or just with one other product underneath. And I guess it is hard with sunscreens because you're putting them on top of several other layers of stuff. So it may be worth cutting out one serum underneath or if it's a hydrating sunscreen, not wearing a moisturizer if you can tolerate that. That's what I do. Two serums and then like a moisturizer or like a sunscreen. Yeah. I don't generally have problems with that. So try using less products underneath. Make sure you're exfoliating regularly enough. Try out different products together. See if it's the formula that's just not cooperating. But yeah, it's bound to happen sometimes. It's avoidable in some cases, but sometimes it's just not. I've had to start my makeup all over again using certain products. Oh, it's so annoying. Like using a certain primer or something that another foundation doesn't like that usually yeah, the one that I've been using does like and they work well together. And then you start using it and you're like, oh my God, I literally have to start this all over again. And your skin prep, it's so annoying. Agree. So I totally relate to wanting to solve it, but it happens. Great. Well, That's it from us. See ya. Cool. See you next week. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.